Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, how are you? Oh man, thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course, thanks for having me. It's tricky, you know, like you're in LA a lot these days, right? Yeah. But I'm in yeah, LA. Yeah, I am. So oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm in California quite a bit. I'm like mostly in New York, but then I kind of am bi-coastal, living that like snowbird life, I guess. Ah, I like a snowbird life. Yeah. I'm in I'm in Texas, so I've actually got a more of a phoenix rising from the ashes of the sweltering heat and also snow here, weirdly enough. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, yeah, I mean, what is it like? I I have seen you. I've been a really dedicated fan of yours, Miss Courtney, of Color Me Courtney (laughs) franchise, I shall say, Inc., you know, um, and I have seen you grow so much, I would say, in the last three to four years, right? Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you so much. I've also been like lifelong fan of yours, which I feel like most of the people who listen or watch you on social media have this like really cool experience because we grew up with you on our TV and now you are so gracious to like let us uh, into your lives in other ways and also use that for good to like help people and be the big sister that someone doesn't have or wishes they had or oh just goodness. needs. Well, I, so I think of it as a an honor and if it's a legacy, then I am for it. I think, you know, I'm inspired by creators like yourself who have also shared their lives and and sort of a 360 approach to engaging with your fans. So so for those of you who are listening and also watching, Courtney is, like I said, of Color Me Courtney. Um, we connected through social media. I'm get, It was before TikTok, right? It, yeah, it was Instagram. I think, yeah, you commented on something I did, I don't know, maybe three or four years ago. It could have been longer than that. I have yeah. no sense of time. That's true, because Instagram is what even... I called a panorama. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I have no concept of time anymore since we blipped. But um, yeah, you commented on something and I was like, oh my gosh, Christy Carlson Romano follows me. And then we just, I think I sent, I had no chill. I immediately sent you a DM. It was like, do, 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 do. And just, you know. And I said, what's the sitch, right? That's what I want to say. I can't help myself. <laughs> well, no, I think I have to tell you, Kim Possible, the the Kim Possible do 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 was my ringtone from when I first got a cell phone, like through college. 
Like to the point where people were like, is that the Kim Possible ringtone? It, and I was like, yeah, forever. Like <laughs> it's, it was forever my ringtone. <laughs> I don't understand why it wasn't ever mine because it's really cool. And at any point in time, I could have tried to download it. But let's say how far I go back is that they didn't have it available when I think like well, cell phones were, you know, just kind yeah. of really becoming super mobile, super sleek and and multifunctional. Yeah. Like you had to go to like so when Zoom I, or something. Like I don't even know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I first had it, I actually did it as a voice recording. I like hacked the system. So I like waited, like Kim Possible's coming on at 3.30. And I like waited for the theme song and then like you'd only have one chance. And I'd like record it. And if you got it, you got it. If not, you had to wait another half hour. And try it. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's, that is that is a commitment to Disney. And speaking of commitment to Disney, can we talk about just like your love of all things Disney and how that yeah. how that's come into your world and then become sort of almost like, you know, your calling, your, your profession now? Yeah, of course. So like so many, I grew up like a lifelong Disney fan. I feel lucky enough to have grown up in kind of like what I consider the golden age of Disney Channel. So I even, although I was watching like the animated movies and things as a kid, I think really my affinity came from like watching you and that kind of a perfect time in Disney Channel history, perfect time on screen, I will say, um, for me as a kid was really enjoyable to consume. And then I kind of remember getting to like high school and like so some of my friends like started watching like horror movies and all this stuff and I'd watch and get scared and just go home and watch Disney Channel at night because I was like, I don't want to watch this horror movie that we're all going to on a Friday night. Like, I know that's cool, but I don't want to be cool. I just want to watch the Disney Channel. Um, and so that kind of was something that I always was really interested in, just something that was like very home feeling to me. Yeah. Um, I kind of say I have a PG-13 personality because, you know, that. I... Oh, thank you. And, and I like it now, but there was like a time specifically in like college where a lot of people don't have a PG-13 personality and I really didn't feel like I fit in. So kind of one of the only ways that I would connect with people with my peers then is almost once a month, I would throw a big dinner party with like a different theme. And like we had a villains theme, we had we would do like other franchises, other movie themes tied to like movie premieres and stuff like that. Um, and so that was kind of like another like important time for me. And it also happened to be when Princess and the Frog was coming out. And that was really exciting to witness. Yeah. because that was, of course, our first black animated princess. Yeah. And I think Seeing that in theaters kind of re-sparked an excitement I had towards these animated movies that, you know, when I was a kid, I had a month where I only responded to Belle. But I think if Tiana was around when I was a kid, it would have been game over. I only would have been Tiana and it would have been such like a really cool shaping experience for me as a child. So knowing that all the other kids growing up will never live in a world without a black animated princess really kind of re-sparked that like joy and love for Disney. And then of course I moved to New York eventually hoping to pursue a career in fashion. And in that I felt I had to become this 
fashion girly where, you know, you're wearing the designer stuff and you're going to fashion week. And I worked really hard to kind of live in this world that I maybe didn't belong in fully. Um, and that's kind of when I started getting some fashion Disney opportunities. And that's when I was like, oh, I can marry this world of where I am trying to be, but maybe don't fit in with this world that has always been the sense of home to me. When I went to these points of fear, I came back to it. And how cool is that? And so that's kind of where my career took me in like the past recent years. And now I kind of straddle this line between I have an account that's more color and confidence focused um, with a lot of fashion. And then I have another account that's like fully immersed into the Disney community. And it's like, I'm living a full Hannah Montana life, Uh. going back and forth, wig on, wig off, Uh. living the dream. (laughs) That's, that's hilarious. And that's a lot of work. Um, I mean, what was it like to sort of, you know, I mean, you're a generation of folks that, you know, you still, I mean, granted, you are younger than me for sure, but you sort of had Tumblr, right? And you had the beginnings of TikTok and the beginnings of all of that. Yeah. But it's so different programming like a Tumblr or a MySpace and then becoming this like maven of social media content. Like I actually went to film school which is why I know how to, you know, point to light, put the microphone cord in the right hole. But like with you though, like what was that learning curve like to really just become a social media person? Yeah, so um, I went to YouTube University, Uh meaning I just Googled anything I wanted (laughs) to learn. Uh, But I think I've always been perpetually curious. And because of that, oh, so I think I've always been perpetually curious and also a little bit fearless, sometimes to the point of like a detriment where, you know, um, I was recently doing a TV appearance and my fiance was like, are you nervous? And I was like, no. And he was like, well, maybe like a little fear might be a good thing because I'll say things or do things that are really embarrassing no. and they just don't embarrass me. No, recently I was on a panel <laughs> and I had to do like two panels or I did like a keynote and then like a fireside chat back to back. And the keynote was fine. It was like me speaking and for an hour to like 30,000 people, which Jeez. I did not know was going to be 30,000 people. What? Yeah. Online? Uh, I was not. What? I did not. Online? It was about 500 in the room. And then when I walked off stage, there were like 30,000 people were watching it live. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. That was too many. Because I have no idea what I said. Oh, my God. What was yeah. this? Where could people see this? Yeah. Oh, I do not know if I want to drive more eyes. But I'm sh- it was uh, for Adobe Max Con, um, which was also kind of interesting because it was more like professional and businessy. Usually I'm speaking in like creator only spaces. And there were like a lot of people in suits there who maybe did go to school for like professional things. And I was like, Ooh, I do not know if I'm qualified, but (laughs) I'm going to do it anyway because I have no fear. And, you know, maybe not necessarily a good thing. But um, then immediately after I I had another like fireside chat and the first question they asked me, I like, swallowed air as I do because I'm like a klutz not graceful all these things like so I like swallowed air incorrectly and I'm so stubborn I kept trying to talk through it and 
everyone can hear I'm choking. And at one point, my eyes are like bugging out of my head, like this is the end in front of all these people. But I'm still trying to talk through it. And Paris is just, Paris is my fiance. He's just in the audience, like, because he's so used to it. It's stuff that happens to me all the time. He's like, Courtney's being Courtney up there. Yeah, I think anyone else would be a normal person would be so mortified because that is so embarrassing. I just didn't care. <laughs> and I wish I ha- I wish I cared a little. <laughs> but honestly, like you're in the right p- profession because I remember in an acting class with uh, a gentleman named Richard Lawson, who is now married to Beyonce's mom. Um, oh wow! Yes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. Knowles, I guess you'd call him, but yes, uh, Mr. Yes, Lawson yes, yes. Knowles. Um, he was a, he was a really good um, acting teacher, and he would have all these really great mantras to hype you up and give you like sort of self empowerment. And he said one thing really interesting that I think came from a Tiger Woods special, uh, where his father would tell him like, "Look, the winners have amnesia," and I truly believe that. I mean, I have imposter syndrome all the time, but. I also have a tremendous amount of fear of public speaking. So like the minute you're like, oh, yeah, even 500 people like (laughs) triggers me. Sometimes it's like the more intimate the speech, the scarier it can be. And actually, when I've had people on my YouTube um, who are like really big YouTubers, I don't know if you've had this experience, you meet them and you're like, oh, they're going to have this really big personality. And you meet them and then they're just they're a lot different from what you see online. Yeah. They're like the opposite of camera shy. They're like camera outgoing, yeah. but like in real life, they're like, oh, people, I want my camera. Because <laughs> it's, it's just so much more reliable, I guess, once you really understand yeah. how to just like process your image and like just the, the tech aspect. And also, like, let's talk, let's give uh, Paris his flowers. <laughs> let's. Okay. He is a, he is a social media uh, will be hubby, right? He'll be an Instagram yes. hubby. Yeah. But he's... Well, I guess to answer your... Oh, go ahead. No, Sorry. he's just... I, I've always been a fan of Paris. I, I love just how, oh. how like, how I can tell how genuine he is in, in seeing you blossom and, and creatively, like, just oh. try to support you. And it's such a beautiful thing to see. And people see that, oh, you know, like, you. it's it's yeah. it's visible. And I love the way you guys handle that. But yeah, just speak... i just curious about Paris. Let's talk about Paris. Yeah. Um, and he will be so honored that you said that. When we were texting um, last weekend and I told him that you said hi, he like lit up and like stood a little taller. And I was like, oh, gosh, straight to his head. Um, but yeah, Paris and I actually met in high school. And so before when I was just Courtney, there was no color me before it. Um, and going through like every single phase, like every identity issue, um, wearing like the Von Dutch stuff one day, no. being, like goth the next day. Yes. No, every phase I did it twice. Like every phase and i was that kid in high school too that i would like come dressed in like an 80s theme um and people would be like is it a theme day and i was like oh i just decided i'm dressing as the decades of the year the decades this this week and people would be like this girl's so weird but um i was like head cheerleader spirit director like all these things so they couldn't they they couldn't ignore you yeah they had to just well i think that's why people are like did i miss a spirit day and i'm like no no there's just not enough spirit for me so i decided to make my own yeah (laughs) um so because of that paris has seen all the levels of courtney um and kind of to answer your earlier question about how did i learn some of these things i think 
one thing that really helped is Paris went to school for broadcast journalism. He kind of always was interested in that world. And so when I started doing photography for my blog and things like that, I was originally like shooting on like a MacBook, like that old, but um, eventually got to the point where we would want to do like other photos. And he was also always studying and learning to where like, if I know this much about how to take a photo, how to get a video, he knows this much. I can do it on my own, but it's also nice to have a creative partner and um, have someone that you can lean on in that way. Yeah. And then now he works for a marketing agency and now he works for a black owned marketing agency here in New York. And so he kind of runs the PR department there and has that expertise. And we kind of live in the same world, but also his clients aren't necessarily my clients. So right. it's more like parallel paths and not like a crossover. Um, and then of course he does all this work for me too. So I, it just kind of worked out. Yeah. But I think one reason it does work out is because he had similar interests. And I didn't say, hey, you are my Instagram boyfriend. You are that now. Um, I kind of started doing it on my own. And then he said, oh, I know this. How can I contribute? So it was kind of like um, a true collaboration. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yes, consensual and, and not... Uh, and not you have to learn this yeah. to support me or else. Um, and then also I have the desire to learn things on my own. So not so much now, but there were times where he'd be gone for two weeks working on whatever project and you know I could figure out how to take the photos, do the videos, do the things without him. And so it's not a I need you here, right. it's a I want you here and we can create better things together. together. I know, I, I actually have a similar thing going on with my husband for the for the past few years, once I started making my YouTube cooking show and it was, it was really fun even when he could make his little um, cameos and whatnot and people got to see a piece of my life that they just wouldn't normally see because I don't have a reality show or anything like that, right? So it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting how you, you have to find your authentic self while making content at the same time. So it's like that process of yeah. who am I? I know who I am, but how do I best show that and engage while also make engaging content, right? So I am curious yeah. though, so with your Disney, so you have these two accounts, one is more fashion focused, but all of them really mm -hmm. incorporate color. And honestly, I cannot even tell you, you are primarily the reason <laughs> why I started wearing colorful clothing in my content. Oh, I'm so glad. I swear. I think it makes such a difference. Big time. Just from like any content creator, like if you like if you like color or if you're trying to promote positivity or if you're just trying to stand out on social media, I think one of the easiest things you could do is wear color, use a colorful background. It, especially on Instagram, will kind of stop the scroll. We're getting to a place now where I think kind of mostly driven by Gen Z, which I love Gen Z. I know you love Gen Z. I love Gen Z. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to understand them where more. We're but... getting... I do love them. I do. It's a, it's fun. It's it's fun to understand new people and different yeah. generations. Yeah. I don't know why we get in this like millennial versus Gen Z thing. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But, I think um, I think too. I think like with everyone trying to preach kindness, I think we all just need to enact that kindness to each other and not yeah. sort of stoke the fires of of not understanding each I'm other. I'm just over this idea that we need to get to a place of like tolerate or I kind of want to get to a place of like understanding and acceptance and like meet you halfway, even if your opinion is the totally opposite of mine. Yeah. I want to I understand 
why you feel that way because then I can have empathy towards you instead of just tolerance. I don't want to coexist anymore. I want to like find a way to actually like exist together. That's beautiful. That's just like my that's really beautiful. My speech for the world. Well, and then, and you know what I find interesting is that Disney, I mean, they've made some really big strides in terms of all sorts of inclusion. You know, I remember, like yeah. you said, like when Tiana came out, um, I I absolutely just fell in love with her. She's actually on my keychain. Check this out. She's on my keychain oh. right here. Oh, she's so cute. She's so cute. We isn't were just she? at the. She's so cute. I love her. We yeah, were she's just at like the my parks favorite. Last week. We were just at the parks last week and I saw like a Caucasian girl in full Tiana gear or when I meet children who aren't black and they're like, Tiana's my favorite princess. Like to me, that's the cool part. Yes, I want the representation for the kids that look like me, but when it impacts people outside, that's what's so exciting. And I think that's what I don't understand when people get mad that there is this push for inclusion because it's not taking anything away. It's not changing or distorting an an animated movie that still exists. It's just giving someone else the opportunity to have that same connection with a character who maybe looks different than you. And like, that's actual magic. Like, why wouldn't you want to give that gift? It's so special. Um, I felt that way about- One of my favorite things. I felt that way about, I'm sorry to interrupt and I'm just so excited to talk to you and it happens and then my- I love it. Okay, so (laughs) I I think we actually traded um, messages on the post that I made about, um, uh, you know, uh, the mermaid, the mermaid post yes. of the little girls. Yeah, that you were said singing. something. You said the Disney magic is real. I think that's how the video started, and then you proceeded to like show the reactions. And I was like, "She's right. It's real. <laughs> like that's the reality of it." Does pixie dust and fairies exist? TBD. We don't know. I'm not going to say no. It's magic. The ocean's very deep. <laughs> there could be stuff there, but it's not scientifically proven yet. But representation matters. That has been proven that it impacts people positively. Totally. And so how how can you be upset when you see the little girl who says, I think she's brown? Like, come on, that's the <laughs> cutest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And so now we also have some other friends together that we weren't able to see each other recently. I was at D23 and we just missed each other. But it was Francis Sad. Dominic, right? Yeah. He's so fun. Um, yeah, he's so fun. So, how did you guys? How did you guys hang out and meet? Did you guys? Was that the so first time y'all actually met? Actually, we met. No, no. So, actually, Francis and I met um, through online Disney community mm-hmm. and just kind of got to know each other that way. And then we met. He was in New York because he's always on a plane, on a bus, traveling, never sitting still. Booked this and one. busy. And so we met. Uh, yes. And so we met at an event in New York when they were unveiling the Mickey 90 um, to celebrate Mickey's 90th birthday. They did a Mickey True Original exhibit here in New York, which is really cool. Um, and so it was all this like kind of art from it was all this Disney inspired art collected throughout the world and all on display in New York here for a little bit and kind of like an immersive experience, which we don't always get a lot of Disney opportunities here in New York. So it was exciting to see. And then um, I met him there and it was like, oh, like we just immediately clicked. So I think that's one thing that's nice about 
I would say most of the people I've met through the Disney community, um, there's already like the barriers to entry of friendship are broken down and we already have something in common. We maybe have had similar experiences of liking something and maybe being like picked on for liking it at a certain age. And now we kind of all like can kind of come together and share these things that we enjoy or, you know, talk about things that we maybe don't enjoy. It might be, we might have very different opinions on a movie or a character just because we grew up two years apart, three years apart. Uh, and that's really fun and exciting too. I have um, a girl, Melissa Black, who's an amazing creator who I mentor and she's about six or seven years younger than me. And she came and stayed with me for about a week right before D23. And we would watch all these movies together and talk about them just of like, which high school musical is the best? Because like my generation had one opinion, her generation had another opinion. And it was so fun to see the same fandom through another generation or another person's eyes. Wow. I never even thought about that. I mean, look, I think it's really the whole concept of Disney adulting is uh, sometimes I'll see things on TikTok and I'm like, how did that get on my feed where people are kind of salty about <laughs> Disney adults? And I'm like, doth protest too much. I think you're a Disney adult <laughs> in hiding because I bet, yeah. but I don't think Disney adults existed prior to millennials. I feel like it was a bunch of parents mm -hmm. that like maybe secretly hid liking to go, but they were like, this is so expensive or for whatever. Sure. They were just like complaining yeah. about taking time off from work and it was for the kids and it's a very different like world now with with the Disney adult. Yeah, well, thing. the internet, right? Now you can connect with the other people who have those similar similar things and share your love online, and then that shows to someone else who maybe wasn't brave enough to like it without that representation. That oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to you know dress up as a character and go to Disney. Um, the invention of Disney bounding was like that's something that happened while I was in college. So watching that happen on Pinterest at the time was really cool because I think that was the first time I saw a Disney community. Mm -hmm. And I grew up as a competitive dancer. So we went to Disneyland once a year mm -hmm. as our group of friends. And it was especially from like those high school years, like 14 to 18 was so fun because that was like the time when our parents would just like, you know, go to the restaurant and we would just run around at Disney. Yeah. I feel bad for the other people who were visiting at that time <laughs> probably terrors. No. But it, that was like the trip I looked forward to every year because it was like this like retreat where we could just all be kids, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And some of us went to different schools. We didn't always get to see each other, but we got to just like live in this moment. And some of my best childhood moments are like tied to those times. You know, on my, I have another podcast called I Hear Voices. Shout out to my co-host, Will Friedel from Boy Meets World and my Ron Stoppable, <laughs> you know, puzzle piece. So cool. Um, it's He's the sweetest. And he says this really great thing where he says, there's a difference between being childish and childlike. And yeah. I truly understand what you mean. And I think I see, I connect with you in that way, Courtney, where your content really speaks to me. And like, look, I've worked for Disney as now you have worked for Disney in many ways. And we'll have to get into, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we'll have to get into your your clothing line as well really quickly. But, um, you know, it's very different having being an employee for Disney and then still having that love of the magic yeah. and and desiring to be a part of that community, which I very much still, still am. So seeing your content, like you said, 
I, I do feel like that there's that wholesome representation that I can connect to and engage with in your content. Oh, well, thank you. And I also think that there's, I, I try to bring a level of inclusivity to it, right? Because if I said certain words or talked about certain topics, it would exclude certain people of a certain age. And some of the people that I have connected with, like one of my best friends is like seven or eight years older than me. I have another really good friend who's like 15 years older than me. Um, my mom has a really great friend who's like her my age. And so sometimes I think we can have these connections with people who aren't necessarily our age and our generation. And if I limited that, if I kind of made my content only for people my age, I would lose the opportunity to meet people of all different ages and connect with them. And, you know, I don't I don't want that. I want to be able to connect with, you know, the, the Gen Z or someone older than me and everyone in between. And talking about uh, Disney community online, I just want to briefly chat about uh, our sponsor for this episode, which you, yeah. I texted and I was like, hey, are you cool? I want to make sure you know that they love you. And it's, I'm so excited. It's Disney Emoji Blitz is our sponsor. Can we just chat about playing the game? And if you've, if you've played yes. the game and what your favorite emoji is, which I think I might know what it is, yes. but there's so many emojis that <laughs> I actually don't know. There's so many. So many. I'm always changing it up. I like actually like the power of Tink best because um, she can give you like a star sometimes. So I use her a lot of times, but I'm always switching it up, truly. Um, always trying to get like the new emojis and unlocking them. Uh, but I love Emoji Blitz. I've actually never worked with them before. Okay, so this is very you go, got you guys, hear that Disney? Courtney loves you guys. But really, seriously, it is a really great game. It's very special in that, have you actually used the emojis to text people? Yes, I have. They're so fun. They're so cute. People are like, where did you get this? I'm like, it's a secret. Just kidding. Play the game. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I feel like I've maybe been playing for four or five years. That feels yeah. long. And it's but gotten I better and better. I can't. Yeah. And I, and I still play. Every single flight, I for sure play for like half an hour. And one of the last times I was on a plane, I, I posted and was like, hmm, should I work or play Emoji Blitz for three hours and I everyone was like emoji blitz and I was like oh I'm so excited that everyone has the same affinity for this game that I love so much uh there's also a time where like pretty much like for 30 minutes before I go to bed it would be like my like unwind thing anytime I'm waiting in line or on the subway or any of that playing emoji blitz it's just it's so fun (laughs) I think I think it keeps your head in the game too because if you're a Disney creator you're like oh this is the vibe this is what's this is the aesthetic okay maybe it gives you ideas for well and you don't have to you don't have to know the you don't have to know any of the movies or anything so even if you're not like a super Disney fan if you're like not on this level (laughs) you could still play because it's really like a game about logic and like patterns and things like that. It's games similar to what I always used to play before. But then when I found a Disney emoji version, I was like, these are my three favorite things in a game. You're like, (laughs) and there's challenges too. Yes. Tell tell us about the challenges. I I would love to. Uh, So (laughs) there's challenges. I don't know exactly how often, but pretty much every time I open, there's different versions of challenges. So there's ones that like expire every 24 hours and you can try to get those done. And then there are like bigger overarching challenges. So like if it's around May the 4th, there might be a Star Wars challenge and you kind of have to work through and like battle the dark side. And then you 
the little emoji will come up of Darth Vader and then the lightsabers will shoot at it because you battled him and different different fun things like that. That's There'll so be like cool. a Hocus Pocus one oh. when Hocus Pocus came out. I saw so that one. There's there was um yes, there was so a May, fun. there was a panda, there's the red panda. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that the, that emoji was very cute. Yeah, and there's a the Buzz Lightyear <laughs> one. And okay, so my favorite one, honestly, is the Bell one. I'm a little biased, yeah. but her she's so there's a snow Bell, and I guess she will she will throw a, a snowball. That's like her. Oh, power. that's cute. Yeah, so we gotta go check that. <gasps> oh, I'll have to see her. Well, yeah. thanks for chatting no, I, about I love them. your love of that. And oh, I just honestly, guys, go check out the game. Um, whatever. I don't even know if I need to be like shouting that out so much, but it is really a fun <laughs> game, and we obviously love playing it. Um, but yes, yeah. back to your line. So I was at D23, freaking out because I'm walking the floor, as they call it. It's like the merch floor, yeah. and I've got like a yeah. security detail, which I. I wouldn't Love need it. anywhere except coming off no, of. No, you need it at D23. At D23, coming off a of Kim Possible panel. So that's like the only yeah. place that I would need it. <laughs> and I have a security detail yeah. and I'm like moving really fast. Like I'm in my head, I'm just shopping. And and so they're yeah. like trying to like fight people, trying to get pictures. And I was like, this is so surreal. And then all of a sudden I stopped dead in my tracks. And who is it? What right in front of me is this gorgeous display of all of your clothing in D23. And I was like, now, I've followed you for Wild. years, so I was like, I know how big this has to be for Courtney. So I had to like, <laughs> I had to uh, tag you and post it because I was, I'm so proud of you. How, how are you doing? What are your goals for the future? Yeah, this is a hard question that people have been asking me lately. Like, what, what do I want to do next? Because I kind of achieved this goal that I had for so long, and I'm, I'm still kind of trying to figure it out, truly. But um, the, the Disney project and being able to design a line for Disney was such an unreal dream come true. Like, I actually think at this point there might be something wrong with me because it's still sometimes hard to believe, and it's been a few months. Like, I should accept it as a reality but I'm like hmm, we're just in like some weird fever dream or like <laughs> we're I'm in the blip <laughs> and one day yeah one day I'll figure it out like that's really how I feel and, and I even apologize to my community like if this is fake and I'm delusional I'm sorry because it seems so above and beyond that I I don't know how it could be a reality it's hard to process um, I bet it's it's very challenging for me, but um, yeah, I've I've always wanted to work. I've always wanted to design a line for Disney, and I guess we can go back to like where it all first started. So um, when I moved to New York, I had dreams of working in fashion, and I was working kind of at a retail job, trying to move up in the corporate level of that store. It was a brand like very tied to my identity, and some things didn't work out, kind of in a way that really shook my identity. And because of that, then I started working at another brand and making handbags there that kind of I respected, but it wasn't my, it wasn't like my favorite brand. Mm -hmm. So I kind of wanted to go in a different direction because I didn't want to be burned like I was before, mm -hmm. right? And um, the second safe. brand was Coach. 
Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Sure. I, I kind of retreated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and I actually, I loved working at Coach. I did the bulk of my career there making handbags. And the last project I worked on um, was the first Disney collection. And so when that came, when we started working on that, and I wasn't a designer, I was a product developer. So someone else would design it and I would just make sure that, you know, Coach could afford it and that it was being made right. Wow. And like That's what color stitching job. and things like that. That's huge. Yeah, it was, I really liked it. Um, and I then remember like during that time, I was working on Color Me Courtney and really the reason I got the job at Coach was I had an MBA, I took my MBA off my resume, I put my blog and Instagram at the time on my resume and that's what eventually got me the job at Coach. Um, And so I I remember coming home- Who needs an MBA? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Who needs an MBA when you have colormecourtney.com? Yeah, I got my- I got my MBA at 21, um, which I was really grateful for because kind of to speak to that college experience where I wasn't really fitting in. So I just did lots of school and I graduated undergrad in about two, two and a half years. And then I went and did my MBA. So I was 21 with like all these degrees, moved to New York. No one in fashion wanted to hire me because I didn't go to a fashion school. Hmm. Um, So took it off put Color Me Courtney on, and that's kind of what got me into the door. Cool. Um, Yeah, and so I I remember going home and thinking like, oh, this is cool. Disney's doing like fashion collaborations now. They had had done like a Marc Jacobs one at the time, and they were kind of doing like a Refinery29 rooms. They were just kind of starting to do this. And I was like, that'd be so cool if I could have a Color Me Courtney Disney line, Um, because I've always wanted to design or do create some kind of Disney-related product, but because those characters are owned by Disney, it's not something that you can do legally. You have to do legally, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have own. to like de- you have to get- in the system to yes. change the system. Kind yes. Of thing. yes, yes, exactly. You have to have like a license, and and I wouldn't want to because you know there's a reason why Mickey is protected yeah. by Disney because he is so beloved. I wouldn't want to do it without like knowing the things that I've learned now because I've I've even learned like certain things about like. Mickey and other characters that I wouldn't have known before because, you know, there's it's a giant company and there's all these things. Um, and so I, I remember coming home and being like, yeah, like I would love to design a pair of Disney ears. And so I just like played around with a few designs like on my computer. And one of them that I designed was I was watching Princess and the Frog. So I was like, let me design a Tiana ear. So I designed like what I would make a pair of Tiana ears look like. And now in the collection is, this is pretty much the exact thing I designed. I think I did not have pearls here. I think I had them here at the time because of just like a different trend that was happening. Mm -hmm. But I did like this ombre color palette inspired by her color palette. I was like, they need to be velvet ears because if they're sequins, that kind of hurts my curls. And I I want, you know, girls with hair to be able to wear them. I still wear sequined ears all the time, but (laughs) it is, there is a little tug and I have curly friends who, who won't wear them because of that. Interesting. Um, So I had kind of all these ideas then. And, you know, that was maybe seven years ago. Five years ago, I don't know. Again, I don't know time anymore. No, time. But is... I just kind of put that away. Yeah, wait till you have didn't kids. Didn't think anything about You're really it. not any time. <laughs> we don't even understand. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just kind of put that away, and then, um, then as Color Me Courtney grew, I got the opportunity to design other collections with other brands, and had done a few different things. And there was a point a few years ago where maybe four ish years ago where I was like, you know, I'd really like 
a Disney collab and I was at an event and I overheard someone, I don't know if I for sure overheard, but I thought I overheard someone talking about how they wanted to do an influencer Disney collection. I was at like a kind of like corporate Disney event. Yeah. I was eavesdropping. Yeah, that's why we go to those events. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I then I remember I came home, I made a big pitch deck and I was like, I need to find who to send this to. So I tried to find who to send it to and I, I couldn't really find the right person. I cold sent it to some people. It was never opened. No one ever opened it. But I was like, this is why, like, I'm the I'm the person to do this with. This is invest in me. I will design a great line for you. Um, and it never happened. But I think working on that deck was like a good way for me to like. It was almost like a vision board, but in like a kind of aggressive way because I actually sent it out like an insane person. Um, but then two years ago, after I'd been working with Disney from a in a parks capacity for a long time, um, I got a phone call which I remember my contact was like, hey, can we get on a phone call? And I was like, oh, no, did I do something wrong, right? <laughs> can we talk? No one wants to hear that ever. <laughs> and I was like, what did I do? What did I do? And they said, we'd like you to design a line for Disney. And um, it was 2020, and like that summer kind of thing. And I was like, oh, well, uh, yeah, that's the dream was literally my like corny, like, Oscar-winning response. This is the dream. Um, and then it kind of went from there. And it's just, I still don't believe it's real. Maybe one day. So it, <laughs> so it took from the time I saw it at D23 from 2020, it took that long to get it on the shelves. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So designing a line on average will take about a year, sometimes a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Like from a production point of view, like once you have actual designs made, like at Coach, we would always consistently take about a year from you know, us concepting it to it getting on shelves, sometimes longer. But because of 2020, everything changed. A lot of factories are closed. Um, a yeah. lot of things got slowed down. So it really changed the supply chain. And we also took our time in the development process. We went through who do we want it to be about? And we went through a bunch of different rounds of um, do we want to do these characters? Do we want to do a bunch of characters? Do we want to do Pixar? Do we want to do villains? And kind of exploring what made the most sense mm -hmm. um so the poor disney team sat through so many slides and mood boards of mine oh good like, you know this girl under control <laughs> i gotta be honest I, one thing i will say about working with disney is they're extremely thorough and you're right it's because yeah. they care and everyone has to care so much because it's a big it's a big heavy wears the crap yeah. you know Heavy is the head that wears the crown, yeah. and it really is that. It's a it lot of responsibility. And they're so lucky to work with you because you take it so seriously. You're such a hard worker. You're an amazing representative of Disney now and Disney forever. And I just love you so yeah. much. I'm so proud of you. And oh. and you don't have to think about your goals. You're already living in the present moment, which is probably the <laughs> best thing you can do. And to continue not to have any fear, right? Because I think like when we're not in <laughs> yeah. our bodies and we're not in our present moment, then you really aren't living your best life. So that's, you just keep doing what you're doing because I think you're doing great. And I- Well, thank you. Yeah, I think one of the exciting things about having a dream come true, but it's also scary, is that then you get to dream bigger, especially when it's like something that, I, I'm never afraid of dreaming big. And I also kind of tell people to shout your dreams, like say the crazy thing, because I don't think anyone's going to judge you for dreaming something that might never happen, but someone might help you. Someone might hear it and make it happen. So I think if I wasn't 
so bold as to a say the dream to myself once seven years ago when I made it in my apartment and then again hear it and be like no I'm I'm worthy of deserving this I'm gonna go after it even though it didn't go anywhere I think all of those were like positive steps in the universe or in whatever you want to believe in that made it to when the time came not only was I prepared for it but I I felt like oh I did do some things that kind of helped me earn and and deserve this and so um let's do it. Why not? And, and kind of going forward there. And I think, uh, now like there's other stuff I want to do for sure, but I also kind of want to live in, in this for a bit in like, Oh, I did this. It's still in the parks worldwide. It will be for, you know, the next, at least half of next year. Um, I can take my time figuring out like, what I want to do next. And I think I've done some TV before, but I'd, I'd like to do some more things there and have like some cool ideas that I'd like to bring there. Um, yesterday, uh, the other day, someone asked me if I'd ever do like children's programming or something like that. And I wouldn't on my own because I think it's too important to not get right. But if someone else had like infrastructure built in, I'd love to like step into that mm-hmm. and, and play with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to de- design another collection for Disney. I have no shortage of ideas there. there so you go. I think there's a lot of other things I'd like to do. Um, but I also want to live in this for a moment. I think all of those things are amazing. And I'm so excited to see what, that's the thing is I have the privilege of following you and I have the privilege of being able to see you grow at this point. And just, if you need anything, I guess you can call me, beat me. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to reach out. You know what I need? I need for us to do a Disney day. Oh, I know. This is way overdue. And I apologize. Way overdue. I apologize. It hasn't been the right moment. And I think like the last (laughs) time that we might have been there at the same time, I was with my children. And I, and and so it was really just not lining up. And I wanted to like just leave my children and go hang out with you for like a couple hours. But (laughs) that would probably be like bad, right? Like the bad moms. Yeah. Bad moms at Disney. That's the new dream (laughs) is next year. That's gonna happen. We'll manifest. We're it manifesting. Right big dream. Big dream. <laughs> yeah. Courtney and Christy and maybe Paris. He can come because he's cool. He could come. <laughs> Take Disney. Courtney and Christy is a good. It's like, it's a good good name. It has like. The oh, I think yeah. I think maybe we're onto something. Maybe it we need to like. Disney. I mean, hey, if Done. you want, we could package a like um a show that's kind of like uh. Not uh, what's the what's the uh, what is it the the one with Heidi Klum? What is it? I'm not thinking of it right. The one about fashion. Uh, Rent the runway. It, I mean, not Rent the runway. Um, crap. What's Project Runway? Project Runway. Okay. If yeah. we could do Project yeah. Runway, I could host, but you could be Disney. like the the judge, and it could be Disney. I think Done. we might be onto something. Okay, I'm not It'd even be so kidding. Good. Yeah, if you guys yeah, like I that idea, make sure to tell us. But I honestly think that would be <laughs> tell, really amazing. Tell us, tell everyone. Yes, I love <laughs> also, you. Also, don't take our idea no. and not include us. No, don't do that. This is copyright. Please, we're you. irreplaceable. <laughs> so we say. But our love of Disney is irreplaceable, and I and my love for you is irreplaceable. And thank you oh, for coming on likewise. and just sharing your joy. And I hope you have. An amazing year and holiday and all the things. You too. Thank you so much for all the joy and positivity you bring to the internet. Like, I feel like you could have been like, I did my thing. I raised the youth on Disney Channel. Like, I already was that 
Like I was Ren, I was Kim Possible. I gave you enough. I'm just gonna go like raise my kids, live alone. Like you could have yeah. done all of that, but to be like, let's give more, let's help more, let's be present more, let's show up is really special. Not something that A, everyone could handle to do and also would be willing and gracious enough to do it. So I think you're really special and I hope people tell you that every day. Everyone goes, no, they don't, but that has me flying. Thank you. Everyone tell her that. (laughs) Because I know you mean it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Of course.